Thank you for listening to this edition of the Christian Car Guy podcast. It's brought to you by Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. Mr. Quick Pick is the opportunity for you to start your own roadside assistance business. If you have more investment energy than investment capital, stop working for someone else. Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road is the opportunity to have your own home-based business, working directly with auto clubs and leveraging a national brand and marketing strategy. Mr. Quick Pick helps people who have run out of gas, lock their keys in their car, or need a jump start. An A-plus rated company with a Better Business Bureau and the three-time winner of the Member's Choice Award for customer service. This could be the chance you've been looking for to serve others at the point of crisis and even share your walk with Christ. So whether you're looking for a business opportunity or in need of emergency roadside assistance, choose Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road, mrquickpick.com. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Bible, 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 Bible. Negotiations Bible style. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Car Guy Show. Your normal host, Robbie Dillmore, can't be here today, if you can really call that guy normal. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning we have a unique situation for all of you. We have not one, not two, but three members of the Christian Car Guy Brotherhood. First, we have Brother Bill Mixon, your Christian Car Guy insurance guy. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Great to see you today. Great to have you here with us. <clears throat> Second, we have Jerry Mathis, your Christian body shop and record service guy. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Bob. Glad to be here. And I'm Bob Young, your Christian junkyard guy. Folks, today you have an opportunity to call in and tap into 96 years of experience, if my math is correct. Lots of experience in this room. So if you have any questions about uh, your car, body work, record service, or car parts, give us a call, 866-348-7884. Give us a call with your questions. Wait, 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 Robbie. Now, you said 96 years. Now, that doesn't, that isn't just one of us, right? That's, no. that's <laughs> you all guys are old. <laughs> old and a uh, little rusty too that's for sure i 
I did the math. Jerry had thirty, no, had forty years in the body shop uh, field. Uh, Bill had thirty some years in insurance, and uh, I'm over twenty years with the uh, junkyard and the recycling and the parts business. So that's a uh, a bunch of years of experience right here, folks, at your disposal. So if you have any questions, eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. Our topic of conversation this morning is how do you know you can't if you haven't tried? It's a topic that can apply to so many aspects of our life. Cars, work, church, family, the list just goes on and on. How many times do we figure out in our minds we can't do something before we even give it the slightest try? Everybody has a story on this topic. We make up our mind we can't before we ever take the first step. Then something happens, and we realize we have to give it a try, and then poof, it wasn't that big a deal to begin with. We had the ability the whole time, just not the motivation. What is your story? What did you refuse to try? Only to find out after you tried, it was completely within your realm of capability. Go ahead, give us a call and share your experience. 866-348-7884. Or if you have a car question or an insurance question, Bill's here with all that experience, and Jerry has all the body shop experience. And I've got the uh, parts business, been in that for 18 and a half years now, so there's a lot of knowledge right here at, um, at your disposal, ladies and gentlemen. God blesses us with talents and abilities to enhance his kingdom. But many people allow doubt and fear to hold us back from fulfilling God's purposes in our life. Being a part of this show is one of the best examples I can think of. When Robbie asked me to be a member of this show, I immediately thought of gobs and gobs and gobs of reasons that there there was just no way in my mind that I could ever be a part of something like this. It was just not something I could do. I just was just absolutely sure I had nothing to offer and that, you know, it wouldn't, I wasn't a good fit. And and I just kept thinking of reasons I couldn't. But um, I'm so glad that that I'm, Decided to give it a try because it's been one of the biggest blessings in my life. I met so many people and became so close with with folks that I wouldn't have been exposed to without this. And uh, in times of need, I've had great friends to lean on. And, and um, it's just really, really, really been a great thing for me. And hopefully somebody has gained something from, from me being a part of the show. What did you feel when he asked you? Did you freak out? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, it was, I mean, I didn't, don't, this isn't my comfort zone for sure. And just thinking what was, what to say and what to do and, 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 and how stupid I sound probably on the radio. I mean, there's a lot of things there and, but you know what, that's probably one of those things you don't know you can do it till you try to do it and you may not do it as well as you think you should be able to, but, uh, we get by the very first time I was on the show, uh, or doing hosting the show. I was a train wreck. I got on there and I was by myself and I thought I had plenty of material and 
but I got nervous and I started talking so fast that, you know, I just ran right through my material in, in the very first segment. And it was just, it was just something that, uh, it was a new experience and, and I learned a lot and, um, you know, it's just, it's been a blessing ever since. Your first time was a little bit of a train wreck. I think you were sharing with me a while ago, Bill. Oh, we had an interesting time. Robbie said, I, take care of the show for me. I think I'd been on three times. So I lined up a really good friend of mine and asked him to come on the show and prepared. Now, luckily, I prepared about three different shows and I figured I'd go ahead and go. So I called my buddy up a week before and said, you're going to be there. Then I called him up Wednesday and said, you're going to be there. And then Saturday morning, about 10 minutes before the show was supposed to start, I'm starting to get nervous. So I call him. He says, oh, I'm in Florida. <laughs> I had a family emergency come up. Yeah, I just forgot. <laughs> hey, good luck, Bill. Go get him. <laughs> oh, that was a very interesting hour of my life. Well, I wanted to go ahead and share a one of the things that I had had no clue I could do. It was back in the early days of my car hauling. It was before I had the junkyard. And um, I just never was much about working on stuff. I always felt like that I was an underachiever in mechanical ability. But uh, my rollback had uh, just went to smoking like crazy. And a and few people had said that it was an, it's the injection pump. It's the injection pump. Well, my funds were very, very, very limited at that time. I was just so completely out of money that uh, it was no way I could afford to pay anybody to do it. So I got the injection pump, and I got the wrenches out, and um, went to a friend of mine's garage where I could have somebody close by if I needed advice. But I just went ahead and tore into it, and... uh an injection pump is a pretty pretty big endeavor, especially some for somebody that's uh, limited in in experience with that. But I got in there and I took everything apart and I tried to take it up, take it apart. Now, when you're taking off a part at the yard and you're not going to be putting it back on, you know you don't have to mark everything and remember everything and have everything in order because you know you're sending the part out and somebody else is going to put it back on so that's a whole lot different from taking off a part where you're going to have to put another part back in its place and um but i got in there and i got started and and it took me you know probably more than half a day but when i got it all put back together and eyeballed everything make sure i had everything in the right place and hadn't left anything undone because those connections there is so much pressure on those uh diesel injection systems that if you've not got it all just right you're going to have a leak and and significant leak because there's so much pressure involved but the biggest joy in a long 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 time was when i hit the switch and that puppy fired up and went to purn. It was just so, so, so rewarding that, that, you know, I had done this myself. Very, very, very pleasing, you know. But it, it was just something I was put in a position I had to try. There was no way around it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on the air here. Call in. Share your story where you just didn't try. 866 348 7884
We'll be right back. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. Our normal host, Robbie, is not here today, but you have the trifecta of the Christian Car Guy Brotherhood here today. Brother Bill Mixon is with us, Brother Jerry with uh, Ray's Body Shop and Record Service, and me, your Christian Junkyard Guy. I'm Bob Young. Folks, if you want to give us a call, ask us any questions or share any experience you have with us, 866-348-7884. Right before the break, we were talking about how I tried to, had to, absolutely was forced into the situation where I had to work on my rollback. And, and that was so good for me, and it opened my eyes to the fact that I could do it if I would just try. And God's put that on me so many times that, you know, just give it a try, Bob. If you fail, failure's just proof positive that you actually tried. You know, if we never try anything, we'll never fail. And uh, But if we never fail, that means we probably haven't tried too many things. Uh, just lots and lots of things that I was able to do after that experience and uh, just just from the sake that I you know, realize that I've got to give this a try or I'm going to fall on my face. Um, I'm sure somebody out there has an experience where they didn't try. And um, there's just so many things that are possible to us if we'll just get up and, 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 and give it that good, honest effort. And so many times you realize that things are just so much easier. Bill, you have something you want to share with us this morning? You know, when, when you told me about our topic, uh, I remembered that this is a really important part of the year for my family. Luckily, I married well and married a wonderful, wonderful lady who uh, excellent mother, and uh, we've got just a tremendous daughter who is um, very headstrong, uh, very forward-thinking. And about 15 years ago, she'd had a sinus infection, Mama took her to the pediatrician, and the pediatrician gave her a little something. And Mama was upset because she wanted amoxicillin. Amoxicillin always worked. Well, for a week, I heard, why didn't that doctor just... And I said, darling, just take her back. Just take her back. Well, Hannah wasn't any worse. Hannah wasn't any better. So a week later, Hannah goes back to the pediatrician, and I get a call about 10 o'clock, and Jenny says, we're at Baptist Hospital. And I argued with her. I said, no, darling, you're the pediatrician. She said, will you hush? I know where we are. <laughs> the pediatrician ran a couple tests. Our daughter has leukemia. And he sent us to Baptist Hospital. Well, the world started spinning. And I mean, I took a deep breath. My blood pressure was up. I could hear the pounding in my... And some scripture verses came to mind. One was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I took a deep breath and I was praying and the Holy Spirit said with prayer and petition with thanksgiving lift up your request to God and the peace of Christ which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I felt a lot, lot better. And the next verse that came to me was 
you are chosen and holy and dearly loved by God. And in a way that's hard to explain, I heard a voice inside me that said, and yes, we know that Hannah is chosen and holy and dearly loved by God. And if this be true, we know God does not want her to have this cancer. And I was able to take a deep breath and tell my wife, you tell Hannah, we will get through this. There's no point in worrying. Well, the day, bef- the day before, I was sitting there with a great big wallet in my back pocket, and I was trying to figure out how to thin it out. It must have been a very slow day. And one of the things I pulled out the day before was a health insurance card, and on the back of it, in great big red letters, it said, before you check into the hospital, you must call this number. And I was thinking, wow, what a stupid thing. What in the world do you do if you're in an So I pulled up the insurance company's webpage, and sure enough, they said in a dire emergency, you've got a reasonable amount of time. So I called the red number on the back of the card. And I said, our pediatrician who's in network sent my daughter to Baptist, which I assume is in network too. And I just want to make sure that everything's. She said, don't worry about it. Don't give it a second thought. And I said, well, that's great. I want you to send me an email. So I got to the hospital. and It was Halloween's Eve. And the doctors came in and said, your pediatrician ran two tests. And we've run four tests because there are four different types of leukemia. And we need to know what it was. And we've got to tell you, out of the four different types, she's got the most difficult to treat. But the good news is we go after this really strong and really fast. And if everything goes well, we'll be through in seven months instead of two years. And if we can get a bone marrow match, then we've got about a 50% success rate in what we plan to do. But we've got to start on this by Monday. We've already given her chemo treatment in the hour that she's been here. And I, as daddy, had a chance one in 300, and mama had a one in three. A little baby brother had about a one in six chance. So we had everybody praying. Well, Monday we get there, and the doctors say, we're sorry we don't have a bone marrow match. And I tell you, my world started spinning again, and I was thinking, how are we going to get through this? And the same three verses came back to me, and I felt a lot better. Called the billing department at the hospital. And uh, said, you know, I asked you to check. Are we in the right place? And do I have two deductibles, one in November and then when my policy renews in December? And they said, we're sorry, we got bad and worse news. You got two deductibles, one this month, one next month, and you're going to have to relocate to Duke Hospital. Well, I told my wife, they're telling us we're going to have to relocate. They don't have an agreement here. And she says, you don't understand. Your daughter feels comfortable with these nurses. We feel comfortable with these doctors. We can almost see our church steeple out the window. With Our families here, we're going to stay. I said, darling, you don't understand. This could be a $700,000 medical bill. If we stay, they don't owe anything. And if we go to Duke, they're going to pay most of it. She says, no, you don't understand. This is where we're supposed to be. And my world started spinning again. And as I started walking out of the hospital, the same three verses came back to me. After the break, I want to share a couple of miracles that happened through this process. Bill, this is an awesome story. Can't wait to hear the end of it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back right after the commercial break. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show.
Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Christian Car Guys show. We had a caller a while ago, and me being uh, inexperienced at this, uh, I didn't see the caller. Caller, if you'd give us a call back, we'll try to get you on there. Sorry about that. When we left, uh, Bill was in the middle of a really touching story. So, Bill, I'll let you finish up. Well, I got to my office, and the phone rang, and a good friend of mine was on the other end, and he said, how are you doing? And I told him that uh, we just checked my daughter into the Brenner at Baptist Hospital and that she had leukemia and that the health insurance company wasn't going to pay anything and we're going to have to move to uh, Durham and get my daughter through the program there. And He says, now, you, you understand I'm, I'm a vice president of a health insurance company. I said, David, I know that. He says, write this down, single case patient negotiation. So what do I do with that? He says, well, if the hospital or the health insurance company asks if there's anything they can do for you, you tell them to go look up what a single case patient negotiation is. They probably won't know, but it's possible if both agree for them to be able to let her stay at the hospital. I said, well, thank you very much. And the email popped up in front of me. And the young lady I'd talked to had sent me an email, and she says, uh, we want you to understand that you know, for the first round of treatment, for the first week, she will be fine, but you're going to have to relocate to Duke. And I looked, and the email was her last name and first, first initial at Celtic-net.com. I said, Lord have mercy, could the email be that simple? And I called the library and I said, I want the president's name as Celtic Insurance. And I prayed and I typed and I attached a letter. And they came back and they said, Dally J at Celtic. So I sent an email to Dally J at Celtic-net.com. I prayed over the email and I hit the send button. Well, get to the hospital and it's a really nice situation. You got to go through one little area that's uh, got a place to scrub up like a surgeon then you put on a special gown then you're into the room where your your patient is and they got this nice sofa that folds out so mama can sleep on it and my poor daughter's just about as green as she can be just throwing up and they're doing the chemo on her and i'm sitting there thinking what in the world are we going to do and um the same three verses come back and i feel better the next morning at 9 a.m., I'm in my office, and the phone rings. And this gentleman says, pardon me, I'm the vice president in charge of claims at Celtic Insurance. I was having breakfast with the president of the company, and he asked me to call and see if there was anything we can do for your family. But I need you to understand that you're at the wrong hospital. We don't have a contract. There's no way that we can stay there. And I said, well, sir, did I hear you correctly? The president of the company asked you to call to see if there was anything you could do for us. He says, yes, sir. I said, do you have a pencil and a piece of paper? <laughs> and I told him about the single case patient negotiation. And there was a long dead silence. And he says, well, we'll have to look into that. Well, long and short, we got to stay. They worked out an arrangement. We got to stay. We had a seventh month of treatment. My daughter had told the doctor, I want to graduate with my seventh grade class. Now, I don't know about you fellas, but I worked through my high school graduation, and the concept of going to seventh grade graduation was not on my radar screen. Well, the doctor explained to her that you're going to go through some chemo treatments, and we're going to give you some medicine. We're going to turn your bones off, 
and because the bones are off you're going to get sick and we're going to have to help you get better and once you get better and the bones start working we're hoping that they will do what they're supposed to do but if everything worked perfectly you're going to be in the middle of your last treatment by graduation and it's just not going to and my redheaded daughter said i'm going to go to my high school grade uh, my seventh grade graduation well he threw his hands up and said yes well we had a special program we lived close everything went well they let us go home where they hadn't normally let anybody go home with the idea that we would get tested and we'd check back in the idea was that she would get three or four days during a treatment where she was in her own comfortable home well through the entire process she only got sick once and um, it just flew by and we got to the second to the last round of treatment and they gave her this little mild maintenance treatment it was just supposed to be to get her through it it just kicked her fanny and it turned her green i mean it was as tough on her body as the first round was and they came in and they says you know we normally don't do this we very rarely do this because when we make adjustments to the treatment protocol it opens us up to all kinds of problems if things don't work but because your body reacted so strong to this round of chemo we've decided to cut out the last round of chemo altogether so she got out a week before her graduation she kept up with her grades as she got to go to that seventh grade graduation well i asked the doctor i said you know i just wanted to know when was the last time you saw a positive test for cancer he says funny you asked that question I had the same question this morning and I had him look it up he said you had two positive tests from your pediatrician you had four positive tests from the hospital and we actually have never seen a positive test since those first six I said you mean when we were asking for a bone marrow match that we didn't need a bone marrow match God had already healed her he says, I don't know if I can go that far, but I can tell you <laughs> that we didn't have a pause. Well, what would have happened if we'd have had a match? He says, well, we would have given her a, uh, a bone marrow transplant. She would have forever been on a very expensive bone marrow um, anti-rejection drug. You'd have been six months here. Then you'd have been six months inpatient at, Bab at uh, Duke, six months outpatient at Duke, and six months back here. You mean when I was praying for a bone marrow match, the best we would have expected would have been two years worth of treatment in the hospital and then forever on an anti-rejection drug? He says, yes. As so in. God's way had us finished in seven months. Now, the neat thing was some of you know about uh, Victory Junction. Well, Victory Junction was brand new. She got to be one of the very first campers the very first month that opened. As she loved it so much, they invited her back to be a camp counselor. And they opened a new camp in Tennessee called Camp for Courageous Kids. So she got to go and help set up that camp. As she decided she wanted to go to UNCG and be a child life specialist, which would have allowed her to run one of those camps or work in a hospital. Well, when uh, she got to the end of her college, she had to do an internship. And the Chapel Hill Children's Hospital let her come for the internship as she would work with the kids and she'd figure out a way to keep them entertained and feel better about the experience. 
and they said, we would like to have a program for the surgery department. When the kids come in for surgery, if they feel more comfortable and safe, then there's a good chance we'll use less anesthesia and things will... She got to design her own program and has been working at the children's hospital in the surgery department at Chapel Hill. But in many, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but in many, many, many ways, that turned out to be one of the most powerful and wonderful things that ever happened to our family. And in the beginning, Lord have mercy, I couldn't see how we would make it through. I certainly didn't know how we were going to get through staying in a hospital where we were not going to have any help from our health insurance company. That's pretty amazing, brother. He, not only did you probably have doubts about being able to get the uh, insurance worked out, you had other people telling you that it couldn't work out, but still you kept making your efforts, and uh, you just tried, and you kept trying, and you believed, and uh, poof, it worked out. Got to have a little scripture tucked away. I'm a firm believer that God speaks to us more often through that scripture that pops up in those difficult times. And if you don't take the time to tuck away some scripture that you love and speaks to you, it makes it a lot harder for God to speak to you in those difficult situations. That's amazing stuff. Um, I couldn't help when you was talking about your daughter and, and her struggles and everything. It just really, really, really rang my bell. I didn't know how I would go how I would live life without Rob and tell there was, him who Rob is oh well Rob is my son at the, that passed away uh, he died of an overdose January the 9th 109 uh, 2014 and uh, he was just huge 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 part of my life he was my business partner my race car driver my best friend uh, just a huge, huge, huge part of my life. Uh, my retirement plan, uh, just so many things hinged on him. But um, when he left, I didn't know if I would be able to carry on life uh, without him. And a lot of people had doubts about whether Bob would make it without him. But uh, I was able to carry on and it's just, just decided I would try. I just decided I would try. We'll be right back after the break with more things that we should also, just try. Also, Robbie, on, uh, you have John from Waterloo, Iowa, who's calling back in, so he'll be out after the break. When I can, I stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. Uh, John from Waterloo, Iowa called back. Let me see if I can get him on the air here. John, you with us? Good morning. Sorry I missed you on your first call. Oh, that's all right. I was wanting to listen to that program anyway, so can't do two things at once. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. Living in my world now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. Hey, uh, I was uh, about ten years ago. We had an old Dodge Caravan, and uh, and it was my wife's, and and it smoked like ninety going north, but uh, it ran pretty good. Anyway, but the, uh, I felt like the uh, the steering wheel 
was going to fall off in your hand. And it was crazy. I mean, and uh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I'm not a mechanic. So uh, I just buckled down and I just started taking things out and started tearing things apart. And I had uh, the whole steering column in the kitchen floor. And uh, lo and behold, somebody tried putting it together with uh, bread ties. Uh, <laughs> some kind of jury rig stuff, but uh, anyway, I'm scared because my wife needs to go to work Monday morning. It was Friday, and uh, I had that that steering column in the in and out of the van five times. Because the first time I put it in, I looked at the wall. There's a few screws. I know I, they got to go back in there. So out the steering column come again. You know about five times anyway. But uh, God never gave us a. Uh, a spirit of uh, fear, so that's I made it through, and she got to work by Monday Monday morning. But uh, my question is, I got an old truck. I got a '78 Ford 350, 351. I sent it into the shop to get get some work done, and uh, it smokes. It smokes now. I don't know what he did some carburetor work or something, but it never smoked before he had it, but now it does. Can you uh, answer that question for me? You didn't have an issue before you sent it, and you right. do since. Uh, right. Do you know what he did, and what color is your smoke? Uh, we determine a lot of things about an engine. It's a, it's a, it's a blue smoke, and, uh, and you do have it, the... And it has uh, backfired a few times. Do you have... The, do you have that oil smell to the blue smoke? Right. Yeah. Well, there's not many things he could have done working on the carburetor to make that start to make that start smoking. It it may just be one of those coincidences. You know, the oil smoke almost all the time is a ring issue down in the block, the rings that go around the pistons. Now I've had things happen where somebody may have over-revved one or something like that, and sometimes you can actually break a ring. But oh. most of the time, if it's mild blue smoke, um, it, it's um, it's just wear and tear on those rings, and uh, some of the some of the oil is getting past the rings and up into the uh, compression chamber, and right. it's actually burning the oil. But if right. it was if it was um, it's not, you say it's a 351, so it's not a diesel. Sometimes that the diesels can no. smoke in a fashion that makes you think it's a, the, you know, it's a, make you think it's an oil smoke because um, that's what my truck was no. doing when I had to change the uh, injection pump. It's, it's not a diesel, so. Uh, right, right. The um, 351 wouldn't be, as soon as I thought of that, uh, that you'd said it was a 351. That's definitely a gas burner. I'm not uh, exactly sure, but. Um, have you, uh, have you he taken it first? Take, he, he did, he did I guess he, he had to jack it up and, and put the new pressure pressure plate and uh, clutch in. Could that have done anything? Oh, well, yeah, now he, if he did that, he could have. Anytime you do anything with an engine, but it almost, when you're saying it backfired, I'm wondering if, have you taken it back for him to check it and see if maybe he needs to adjust the carburetor? A lot of times you'll just be getting, be just burning too rich and you think you're getting oil smoke and you're just burning 
too rich on no, fuel. I'm, I'm, I'm putting more oil in it. Oh, well, yeah, okay. But then, yeah, jacking it up. You got a rear main seal there. It could have been needing to be replaced, and you really don't know that. And that's where sometimes when you repair, especially in Bob will tell you this, when you repair anything with an engine or any type of running gear that has lubricant involved in it, a lot of times right. you repair something and then it'll cause you a an issue will creep up that had nothing to do with it. It was just lingering there, but it just because you're running your fluid through it and you've cleaned everything out, it'll pop up out of seemingly nowhere. Uh, is there some kind of additive or something I can add to my oil is it maybe to help put that in check a little bit or something? Um, do you have access to the Internet? Yes. Um, you can probably go on Robbie's website, christiancarguide.com. And uh, sometimes there are additives that help with mild mild situations like this. But if it's severe, um, I'm afraid Denise might not yeah, be great. And what you can do on that, what I always suggest, would be go to a parts auto parts supplier that, that sells to mechanics um, you know, in your area and just talk to them because they'll also know what the best additive to use because there's a lot of them out there on the market right. and I wouldn't know exactly which would be the, the best, but I would run it by them because they know what they're selling to, to the mechanics and people walking in, they're getting feedback uh, from people that's using it. So that'd be my first stop. If I was going to try an additive. All right. Well, brother, well, thank you all. I appreciate it. It gives me some kind of, you know, I, I was afraid to bring it back to the guy because, you know, I thought maybe he did something, you know, trying to, trying to get me to come back, keep coming back. Well, he would be my first stop just just to see what he thought it was, and uh, you know he he may have an answer for you that uh, you know because he's been been there with the vehicle and everything, and uh, he knows what it was doing when he got it, and he'll see what it's doing I, now. I'm, I'm willing I'm willing to work on it myself now because you know because of that taking taking that that step of faith and, and believing I can get something done. You know, like with the steering column, and all it was was two uh, star bolts that needed to be tightened up on her steering column, but you had to take the whole steering column out in order to do it. But uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to work on it myself, but I don't think I can do any pistons or rings or anything like that. Right, those inter- <clears throat> the internals of an engine is uh, past my realm of capability, even on my best day. Yeah, but I definitely, okay. first place I would do, I'd go back to wherever they did the repairs, and it may be something simple. It may be a vacuum line. Anything can cause it to burn more oil, and, and just have them take a look at it, and it may be a simple repair before I went spending any money or putting any additives in. And then after that, there was an answer there. I'd go to my local parts supplier. Okay. Thank, thank you for the call, brother. We really appreciate it. Yeah. God bless you, and have a great day. Thank you very much. We're coming up on our break, and uh, we'll be uh, we're we're wrapping up the show, Robbie. Oh I mean, uh, wow, wow! Me, Bob, wow. I'm calling I you Robbie. I had no clue. <laughs> I had no clue. The time flies when you're having fun. Want to thank Jerry and Bill for being here with us today. Want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, folks that are local. Want to let everybody know oak forest is having their annual fish fry or semi-annual fish fry tonight come on out and want to encourage everyone everyone robbie just does such a great guy uh, great job with the uh 
Jesus' labor of love, please go on the website, find out how to donate. There is so much need. There's so many people being helped through this. It's just such an awesome thing that happens helping out widows and uh, uh, single mothers with their vehicles. It's such a great opportunity to give and be sure that your, your money has an impact. It's a great thing Robbie came up with, and we're just such so blessed to be able to help with this. Thank you for watching the Christian, listening to the Christian Car Guy show this. You wouldn't weekend. want to be in here watching us, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.